Why would you people want to kill Saeed? We believe he has been... Closest translation is claimed. Claimed. By what? There is a darkness growing in him. And once it reaches his heart, everything your friend once was will be gone. Uh -huh. How can you be sure of that? Because it happened to your sister. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Kristen. And this is Lost Revisited. Uh, today we are covering episode season six, episode three. I've messed all of this up. What Kate does. I even have it written down in front of me, but I was too busy making fun of Ben in the camera to actually pay attention to what I was doing. Well, I mean, you, you have, look, we took a week break. Um, so you're, you're just trying to get back into it. Um, and it's, you know, like we took a week break last week for good reason. Like we gave you time. You were taking an exam yeah, for something that's very important to your future. So we yeah. were like, yep. Like listeners will understand <laughs> if we tell them why. <clears throat> um, and if you don't understand and you're upset, apologies, but we don't care. It's <laughs> your, your, I don't, I don't mean that. Like, God, we just lost listeners from that. Um, that it was important to you to yep. study to this exam. So it's like, yep. okay, this needs to be done. We'll handle it. Yep. And, and now we're back and, and now we're I'm back. screwing up our first line right off the bat. Yay. It's all right. Um, Welcome to Dharma, everybody. <laughs> and next episode, we will actually be recording uh, incredibly early, as in like we are recording this on Sunday to post tomorrow. And then we are recording the next episode literally tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So Memorial Day Monday. Happy Memorial Day, by the way, everybody. Happy uh, Memorial Day. Thank if you you're to in all of those families who have given their family members' lives for our country. We appreciate you. Yeah. So if you're in the States and you uh, you celebrate, uh, happy Memorial Day. But yeah, we, we're doing a very quick turnaround. So most likely we might not have feedback for the next episode. Uh, but the reason why we are recording early is because next weekend I will be heavily working Fan Expo Philadelphia, moderating eight panels and doing a live in front of an audience episode of my Wilhelm podcast on the floor of the convention. That would be very exciting, but he's lying. He's going to play uh, Zelda. <laughs> he said, I can't, I can't drop my Zelda game for more than 10 hours. You're, what, for more you're, than only 10 pay, 
You're only paying me how much? No, sorry. That's not worth putting down my Switch. How much Zelda time is that? <laughs> how many rupees is rupees, that? Rupees, that's what it is. That's what it is. That would have been so much better if I had remembered. Yeah. But I play no, Legacy. How many galleons uh, is that? I'm, re- I'm very excited. I am really working Fan Expo Philadelphia um, the weekend of June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. I have eight panels that I'm going to be moderating, plus my live podcast. I'm incredibly excited because my lineup of people that I'm sharing the stage with is amazing. Mm. Um, I'm on stage Samwise with Pat- Gamgee. <clears throat> yeah. I'm on That's stage the best with- one. I'm on stage with Samwise, uh, with Sean, A- uh, so Sean Astin. I'm on stage with Giancarlo Esposito from The Mandalorian and Breaking Bad. Uh, I'm on stage with the cast of Smallville, the cast of Arrow. It's it's going to be fun. He's um, going to have a very fun-filled weekend. I'm going to be busy. Busy. <laughs> to say the least. Um, but let's talk about Lost. Let's so, do that. Uh, as you mentioned, Season 6, Episode 3. What Kate does. Um, if you're not already familiar with the podcast, uh, just a, a heads up warning: this is a spoilerful uh, podcast, so <clears throat> um, spoilers may happen as, over the course of the conversation. Uh, yeah. That, that said, we've said this before. This might be a relatively short episode. Uh, I think so. I mean, there's not really a lot to say here. I think it's. Um... It's more of a, I don't even know if it's a setup episode. It could be, but there's just a lot of like expository things that are happening. Like we're laying the grounds for what time zone we're really in. And I think that one of the, one of the things that we saw in the episode that kind of told us what time zone or time period that we're in is when they talk about Danielle Rousseau and they talk about that she's been dead for years. Yeah. And so that kind of puts us exactly where we should be in the timeline, um, which means that they're in the same timeline as Sun. They're in the same timeline as uh, Frank Lapidus and uh, not Locke and Ben and Richard. You know what? That's a really good point that I didn't really think about, too, because up until this point, there really has been no confirmation as to where they are. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we know that they arrived back to where the hatch was, so they know mm-hmm. it was at some point after they had already gotten to the island Mm -hmm. um but they had been jumping around when they were jumping around before they had already done that Mm -hmm. Uh, you know they had technically kind of crossed paths back into previous timelines they were already on so you're right this is the first time that we act that they get confirmation that they're okay they're back to possibly the present day right right Um, which is good to know yeah i mean we as you we we as viewers know it but right. this is the first time they realize it. Well, and, you know, they've shown up at this very primitive temple looking place that, you know, they have powders and they're mixing them. And, you know, they've got these kind of old timey ways of of setting up the perimeter that we saw last episode when they realized that uh, Jacob was dead. And so who knows where they think they are or when they think they are. This is a, yeah, because this is a location that feels very out of time. Right. Well, I mean, we have seen this, the flight attendant and the kids, but the kids are like really old or they look really old. Well, I mean, for them, it's been three years. Three years. years. So, right. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good amount of time for them to grow up, especially kids. Right. Because they were maybe like, what, five to seven maybe. when the plane crashed. Remember. 
They had bare feet and a teddy bear last time I saw them. Yeah, that's also that's that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, th- th- this temple is something that really the way it is, as you mentioned, it could really fit into any timeline that they're in because right. it doesn't seem like it's changed at all. No, over the years. yeah. Which you know, do you think that Doran has like non aging abilities? Uh, you know, I, I thought I had, about it was that. struck with this thought today. Yeah, I thought I actually thought about that this episode as well because when Jack and him are having the conversation and he asks him, like, how did you get here? And he's like, I was brought to the island, same as you. And Jack's like, Well, what do you mean by that? Well, what do you think I mean? I legit sat there and I'm like, uh, Well, what what does it mean? Because I really don't know. I, I, am I am I the only one that was kind of like that? Well, yeah, especially when I mean there are people like okay, why did Echo's uh, brother? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for anybody that's not watching the video and is listening to that. The reason for that pause. Was because Kristen turned around to make sure her device did not hear her say that name. (laughs) If you've been listening to us for all these years, you know it happened a lot in season two. (laughs) So I started laughing because I just watched her do it, trying to do it so nonchalantly (laughs) and failing miserably. When, what was his Sorry. brother's name, though? Uh, Yemi. Yemi. Okay, so when Yemi's yeah. plane came in, everybody died. The heroine stayed. Like, there was no reason for that plane to be brought to the island. Well, I mean, it, yeah, because it made me question when he tells Jack, like, I was brought here. Like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Because he doesn't mm-hmm. explain it. Being brought here, we have found has so many meanings like mm-hmm. eight flight 815 was technically brought to the island in in a sense mm-hmm. the black rock was brought to the island um yeah that's what i was just that's what i was about to mention like but dharma Juliet. has brought people to the island so how were you brought to this island like just saying you were brought here like everyone else really is very vague yeah, but some people weren't brought. Some people willingly went. I guess but that was te- my point. But he tells Jack I was brought here. Because Jack willingly went the second time. True. Yeah. Right? The, yeah Juliet the second time willingly they came, went. When they came back, it was, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying now. Yeah, so Juliet when you went. Say, Right. So when you say I was brought to this island, what what does that mean? I think your question is valid because there are so like, I mean, it's exactly what you just said. There are so many different ways that people came to this island. Not everybody was brought. Like think about um think about Saeed. Saeed was not Saeed was sent to the island. He was handcuffed and put on a plane that he didn't want to be in. I, I think in that sense, I th- yeah, I think you're right. I think like Hurley Jack, Kate, and son went to the island. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, Sa- ben, and Ben. And Ben. Saeed was brought to the island. Right. By Alana. Yes. So you're Who right. willingly went a, to the island. There is a distinct distance difference between being brought and going to the island. Right. Um, 
you know, I think the first time they all crash on 815, they were being brought to the island. The second time, with the exception of Saeed, they went to the island. So for him to say, I I was brought here like everybody else. Okay, so do, are you telling Jack you were brought here against your will? And right. if so, how? Right. And when? When is the when is the good yeah when is the good answer because what we because we know that Richard has been there for hundreds of years yeah and this guy has that same weird quality about him that Richard does you know really mysterious seems to know a lot more than he's letting on knows the secrets of the island without really like admitting that like Ben likes everybody to know that he knows everything about the island he wants everybody to know that. Richard and Doran are two totally different kinds of leaders. Yes. You know what I, I mean? Would, I would almost question at the same time, too, purely because of his fashion sense, um, if Lennon is the same as Doran. Because he is Doran's right-hand man. He's very same, much set in the 70s, yeah. Yes. And, the, and same, 70s. the same way that Richard is basically the right-hand man of Jacob, or was the right-hand man of Jacob because Jacob's mm -hmm. gone now. Like Lennon seems to be the right-hand man of Doran. Mm -hmm. And Lennon has not changed since the seventies. Like, well, that's what we'd like to believe. I mean, some people just like to dress that way. Well, and they're also on an Island living in a temple where there's no technology or any kind of like, they, they're really not in touch with the outside world. So right. he probably just doesn't know fashion. Like disco is dead, dude. Um, yeah, but he looks so good. He, oh, I'm not saying he doesn't totally fit the vibe of what's happening on that. He island. definitely listens to Geronimo Jackson. Right? Yeah. That's his I'm favorite. Sh I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very I'm definitely more curious about Doran at this point. Yeah, and I I can't remember, and I'm I'm kind of glad that I can't remember that whether or not we do get a backstory on him. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I don't remember. Be because I feel like he's such an intriguing character that I want a backstory on him. It doesn't ne necessarily need to take an entire episode of the last uh, of the last season of this show, but it does. I think we do need something, some kind of context to why we should care about him as a leader, to why we should trust him as a leader. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he's he's been very up until this point, like he's been very what's the word i'm looking for he's mysterious. basically yeah i guess mysterious is the best way to put it because you know we're we're getting all these broken promises in mm. like we we promise like we're not going to hurt your friend yet you're putting a hot poker to him um telling him he passed the test when he failed the test which i don't even know if i'm purely convinced yet he has failed the test mm. um because that's something else I don't remember about. Um, so we're kind of getting, he's very mysterious in the sense that we don't know what he's doing, why he's doing it, but he's doing something. Right. Like that's, I mean, it's incredibly vague, even just the way I'm describing it. But it's that way watching it too. But that's how the, any introduction of any new character usually is. When you really Absolutely. think about when they bring in a new character on the show. I mean, Ben was that way. Juliet was that way. Ethan was that way. You know, they're doing something, but we don't know what exactly they're doing. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that um, completely. And, he's and just, Naomi. 
Naomi was like that. Danielle, you're right. Like every character yeah. that we meet at some point has this aura of mystery. Right. Anna Lucia. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anna Lucia. Mm. And it's it's not, by the way, it's not Doran. It's Dogen. Oh, Dogen. Duh. Yes. You know what? And I knew that. For all the people screaming at home. Oh, listening. just relax. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, it's, it's that was towards Des mainly. It's it's that guy from Bullet Train. Yes, and another movie, many movies, many many John, many many John movies. Wick Four. Okay, so you have seen it. I haven't seen it yet, but I know he's in it. Okay, all right. All right. I still have to watch three before I watch four. That's what you're doing tonight. <laughs> I might, I might just watch all four of them because I kind of want to watch one and two before i know we're off track again but <laughs> so no it real, real, real quick it's technically related because of the there actor. you go mm-hmm. um i was over at a friend's house yesterday for a pre-memorial day barbecue um it wasn't even a barbecue we were basically just hanging around a bonfire just like fireside chat it was great um on like a really nice weather day and we started talking about like different franchises like the mcu and fast and furious and everything and the idea of the the conversation of john wick came up um and we got a good laugh over the fact that as great as those movies are and as fast-paced and action related that they are it still cracks me up to this day that the whole franchise started because somebody killed his dog yeah that's legitimately if if anybody i remember seeing the first movie in theaters and somebody asking me oh how was it what's it about somebody killed keanu's dog yeah Really? How? What else is it? That's pretty much it. Yeah. He kills his dog, and he goes after him for that, and all. And hell- he goes after Theon Greyjoy for it. Yeah, and all hell breaks loose, and now there's three more movies, with a fifth now in production, which and I don't a TV know how show. I don't know. Well, the TV show is a spinoff, right? There's actually a fifth John Wick movie, which I know how four ends, so I don't know how they're going to do a fifth. Oh, I do. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it once you've seen it. Yes. Possibly, I have, yeah. possibly tonight. That's that's very easy. That's a very, yeah, we'll talk. Watch it tonight as your homework and tomorrow before we record, we'll talk about that. It's okay. very right. easy. Okay. All right. We'll talk about it then. Or anyway. you'll be like, oh, I see it, Kristen. I'm not dumb. I might, yeah, I might actually just end up watching it and be like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they could still totally do a fifth movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Okay. Anyway, don't back to Lost. Back, um, back so, to our previously recorded. Podcast. So I will tell you that, um, and w- it's just because I don't know where we left off. Sawyer had <laughs> the best line of his of all the seasons of Lost. Period. I just I don't know why I said th- I don't know why it's my favorite line that he said that he goes. He's an Iraqi torturer who kills children. He definitely deserves another go around. Okay, I'm glad you <laughs> brought that line up. up. <laughs> because I meant to write that down um, because of that. Because this episode, and th- here's kind of why I don't have a lot of notes about this episode. Because this is one of my big points with this episode. And when I say points, I mean like kind of like a point of contention. Yeah. The episode is technically a Kate flash sideways. And mm-hmm. what Kate does is the title of it. I felt more of a connection to Sawyer this episode than mm-hmm. I did with Kate the entire episode. Well, it was a Sawyer episode. I feel like it was. I do feel like it was more of a Sawyer episode than a Kate episode. 
But I don't think that they could have another Sawyer episode. I think that he's been on the forefront for the fir- for the first two episodes because of uh, Juliet dying. Um, and so they needed to try maybe to have a Kate. What they needed to do is they needed to reintroduce Claire. And the only way to do that was to link Kate and Claire together yeah. in a flash sideways so that when we saw her at the end of the episode, we got that link together about um, about why about the fact that Claire was even an original survivor. And I think that with that intention, they did really, really well. Um, it was nice to see Kate and Claire linked together through Aaron, even in a sideways, a flash sideways. Um, you know, that to me kind of spoke that they were, that no matter which world we were going to get, that Kate was always going to be in Aaron's life, which makes me kind of happy because I think that Aaron really changed Kate for the better. Um, and it also shows that Kate, or it brings us back to the real reason why Kate is there. On the island. Yes, because, yeah, she went back to the island for Claire. I mean, that right, was because they've been playing. Event. Right. Because they've been playing a lot of like, you know, Kate and Jack making eyes at each other a lot. And I have your back and blah, 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 blah. Who cares? So they needed. <laughs> so they needed to get back to Kate's real reason for being on the island. So for for that purpose, I think that the flash sideways for Kate was necessary. But I agree with you that it was really a Sawyer episode. It really was because, e- <clears throat> excuse me, even from that line, like you, that like you just mentioned about, you know, being in Iraq. Yeah, it, it is a great line. But see, I didn't laugh at it. I actually took that as in, okay, he is incredibly bitter at this point that Saeed is getting a second chance while Juliet isn't. Right. No, I, you know? I no, I get that. That's why I was laughing. It's it's a morbid laugh. I understand, mm-hmm. but I but it, to me, it was his best line yet because it was just so true. Oh, it was. There was so much truth to that. I mean, and it made me and it made me very okay with the fact that he got tortured himself. That Saeed got tortured. Yeah, I I kind of felt. We'll get back to Sawyer in a second. Um, <clears throat> I felt almost like this was a little out of character for Saeed. And I think it was done intentionally. I absolutely think it was done intentionally that mm. whatever this infection is that he has is kind of changing him mm. as a person. Because Saeed, to me, in this sense, felt so much weaker Oh, than yeah. he's than he's ever been. Mm-hmm. The screaming, the crying, the why are you doing this to me? Like this is so not the Saeed that we know. Yeah. Like, Cuz he has been he has been uh like he has been detained before and he has been beaten up before and it never bothers him. So you're right about not, that. I didn't click not, that together. And not long ago either. Mm-hmm. At the end of last season, when he mm-hmm. was being held by the Dharma Initiative, like in the in the cell and everything, and they were punching him, trying to get information out of him, like he's always been a much stronger person. But whatever this is that's affecting him is making him definitely weaker, mm-hmm. like weaker in in will. Because yeah. he like he's crying, like he's like I said, he's saying, like, why are you doing this to me? This is so out of character for Saeed. But I think it is done intentionally. Yeah, I can see that. That's that's an that's a really good 
good observation there. Um, I did like his Han Solo moment when he goes, they didn't even ask me any questions. <laughs> I totally missed that. <laughs> I missed that. Like Hurley comes up like he's Chewbacca, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I do see a little bit. And this is kind of going back into the, into the Sawyer element, but Saeed is tied into this and Jack is tied into this too. We're definitely seeing at this point, a little bit of character regression for each of these characters. Um, Saeed is regressing into like a childlike state because of this infection where he's, he's not able to, he's, his will is not as strong. Sawyer is absolutely regressing into Sawyer of old. And he has a rightful reason because of that. Mm. Like he just lost not only the woman that he loved, but the woman that changed him into mm-hmm. the person that he was. Yeah. You know, we're, we're seeing it like the person that was keeping him under control. The woman that legitimately tamed the beast is gone. Yeah. And it's bringing out this wild emotional, this wild emotionality in him. And like, we're seeing him regress. Like when he's pointing the gun at everybody saying, I don't give a damn about what you do to anybody else. Right. This is season one Sawyer. Right. Yes. He's there for himself. 100%. Yeah. But it's not until he gets back to the cabin and he sees the little treasure, like the little time capsule that they put in that cabin, which I thought was beautiful, by the way. Yeah. The fact that they did that kind of means they kind of knew at some point this might come to an end. I think they always knew that it, that they were playing with house money. Yeah. Yeah. They were playing. Yeah. That's a good way to put it is playing with the house is playing yep. with with house money um and it's not until he realizes he comes to that realization that like nobody else is to blame for this but me i forced her to stay here when she wanted to leave i should have gone with her like this is my fault and we kind of see her influence kind of come back into him yeah a little bit um we're going to find out he still regressed a little bit, but it's not. She still almost in a sense has kind of tamed him again. Just in, just in memory. Well, has grief, tamed him again. grief makes you do wild things. You just never know what, you, what, how anybody's going to handle grief. Right. And I think that this was a really good illustration of that with Sawyer. You know, yeah. he, he, he's without Juliet. He goes right for what he's comfortable with. He goes for Jack. Right. Then he goes home and then he, he has to say goodbye to her in his own way. So he takes the ring he was going to give her and he chucks it in the ocean. You know, like he's trying to find some sort of closure for a very abrupt end to what he thought was his future. And so that's, that's heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking to watch. And man, Josh Holloway just nails it in this episode. He was yeah, so I'll, good. Absolutely. And I'm and I'm just now realizing too that that probably was not a time capsule. That was just where he hid the ring. I don't know. It could have been a time capsule only because um, it was like nailed into the floor. Like he was yeah. tearing the floor apart. Or maybe she was just really good at finding things he hid. So he had literally had to hide it on the floor of the... Of the barrel. That seems extreme. I would just keep it in my pocket. <laughs> I, do, I, I, I would like to see, I mean, because, and that is an awfully big box for just a ring. So that's what and made me kind of. And he took out a black 
sash of some sort. Well, I think the ring was in the sash. Oh, you think so? Yeah. Um, but I, like, I think that's, I think the ring was in the sash. So like I, but again, it was a shoe box, which is an awfully big box just to hide a ring and a piece of cloth. Right. So I, I do think even if they, it wasn't a time capsule that they hid together, which apparently I'm think, thinking more about it now. I don't think it was. Mm. I think this was literally Sawyer's time capsule. Like this was him keeping memories. Maybe. Because this was something that he didn't want to ever lose. I don't, it's something he had never had. Yeah. So he you was know? kind of keeping his own treasures about it, like making yeah. his own memories about it. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, I, there's been other similar things in, in movies. You know, we see people who, cause I've been one of these people, like when you, the first time you ever go on a date to the movies, like you save that ticket stub. Um, you know, there are, <laughs> I am so not that person. <laughs> not, not everybody is like not, not everybody does that. But you know, if you've ever seen the movie with honors with Joe Pesci and Brendan Frazier, yeah. Joe Pesci's character, every time he comes to a point in his life where he wants to remember it, he picks up a rock and he keeps those rocks in a pouch. So every time he wants to remember something, he takes that rock out. And when he rubs that rock, he remembers that moment where he took the rock from. Did he write? Write down the event on the rock. I mean, how how does how does no? They're he different, like they're the they're different colors and shapes and, right. and everything. So he just has that memory. It's connected to that rock. So when he my memory rock, sucks, I'd be like, I got a bag of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my marbles. Yeah, um, you hear it shaking. Those are all of my memories. I don't know what they are, but apparently they're I like in, them. They're in this bag because they're, they're not in my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't put it past Sawyer to have been keeping his own memory box yeah that's cute you know because he was a very different person because of juliet so that could that the old sawyer would have never done that i don't know the old sawyer kept that letter that he wanted to give to the man that, that killed is, his father yeah that is also true and i think remembering that now i think that adds more credence to the fact that he was keeping a box of memories yeah it and makes the sense ring, the ring was in there yeah um so, yeah, so seeing that regression in Sawyer was heartbreaking uh, watching this, too. But another character I think we see kind of regress a little bit, and I don't necessarily think it's in a bad way, is Jack. Oh, Jack. Um, I'm not going to play the sound clip because I don't think it fits. Um, seeing the conversation with him and Dogen about the pill. And confronting him like, okay, what's in it? I'm not giving him this. What's in it? You know, it, it won't harm him. And Jack really testing the waters and willing to put himself at risk, which is something he has never done before, by swallowing that pill. Knowing, okay, if, if there's really nothing wrong with this, I'll be fine. But if there isn't, be like, I believe there is. I, I'm really putting myself in harm's way here just to prove a point. I don't think we've ever seen that side of Jack before. I also don't think that the pill was poison. I don't remember what the pill. Yeah. <laughs> right. I is. know. I don't, I don't either. Yeah. But I, but I, yeah, that whole thing was actually like, I understand what you're saying. And I do think, I think that it's Jack. 
Jack is struggling with this new role that he has made for himself, you know, the man of the man of faith instead of the man of science. And when he's really brought to the test to be that man of faith and not the man of science, he fails that test. And he goes back to Dogen and he's like, no, I, I don't know what's in it. I, the, the science part of him comes in and he's like, yeah. I'm not telling anybody to do this. I don't care who you are. You haven't told me who you are. Like, he is trying so hard to be this person that he thinks he needs to be on the island where he just kind of like, you know, let's events unfold and he's deferring leadership to Hurley and he's going, you know, he's trying to figure out why they're even there. But then when he's really, really tested and Dogen says, you're going to have to trust me, give this to your friend. He has to take it willingly and he's not going to do that with me. Jack fails that test. So I don't know. I think he's trying to change, but I think that he is, he still has some ways to go. No, I agree. I agree with you. And that's kind of where the, the, the character regression comes in for Jack is you're right. But do you, he's, he's, but do he's you, going back to that man of science. Like I almost expected him when he's holding that pill, talking to Dogen, I almost expected him to say like, is this FDA cleared <laughs> or FDA? Do approved? you think that he's actually regressing or do you think that he's just hitting a wall in his own evolvement? I think it could be a little bit of both. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think he's regressing at all. I think that he is struggling with how to be the better person that he's really trying to be. Like Sawyer, Sawyer went through that already. And unfortunately, we kind of missed we kind of missed the three years of that finalization of him really evolving into uh James LaFleur, right? Um and with Jack, it seems that we're looking at those growing pains happening in real time. Well, I mean, I, I do see it from your point of view, too. And even from that point, I can actually kind of see, like, Jack swallowing that pill was, in a sense, an act of faith. He had faith that Dogen would stop him. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, it's an extreme act of faith. <laughs> But when he took that pill, when he swallowed that pill, he had faith that he had faith that Dogen would stop him from doing it. Mm-hmm. Because if he didn't, he was really risking harm to himself. If there actually is poison in that pill, I think you're right. Is the pill actually poison, or is it placebo effect? Or is it poison to the darkness, to the infection, and to nothing else? Right. Like so, it would have done nothing to Jack. Right. So then let him take the pill. Yeah, yeah, because then why would Dogen have stopped him and Heimlich didn't get the pill out? Yeah. If there really wouldn't have, if it wouldn't have caused Jack any harm, why not let Jack swallow the pill to realize there's nothing wrong with the pill so that he gives Saeed the pill? You Maybe know, it's, kind, it's all of his ingredients. You know, it, it <laughs> Maybe he doesn't of, have any more ingredients. It's it's kind of like when a child doesn't want to take cough syrup, so the parent takes a spoonful just to show their kid it's okay, and then the kid is willing to do it. Like, okay, if that was not going to cause any harm to Jack, then let Jack swallow the pill so that yeah. Jack sees there's nothing wrong with it, and he gives Saeed a pill. That really makes me miss the pink amoxicillin that you give to kids. <laughs> so delicious. <laughs> 
So delicious. That's exactly what I had in my mind when I was doing that, yeah. too. I don't want to take it. Fine, I'll take it. Mm. Here, you want it? it was no? Very, good. Me too. It was very chalky, but still. It tasted so good. It actually tasted pretty good. <laughs> Tastes like childhood. <laughs> Between that and the, the little cups of fluoride they used to give you in, in school. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like wow. one, Like once a week, they would come by with like those little cups of like an ounce of fluoride. Can you imagine if that was done today in the public schools? Oh my gosh. God. Oh no. <laughs> oh, just thinking about it makes me tired. Join um, us for another trip down memory lane. Yeah. Oh, yay. Well, they put fluoride in the water now so that you don't have to do that. Uh, wait, what did Leslie Nope and Tom Haverford call it? <laughs> oh, shoot. They called oh, it like uh, Tea Dazzle. Tea dazzle. And yep. then it wasn't tea dazzle. It was just flow. <laughs> it's like it was <laughs> yep. Tom hey, Haverford. Guess who won that plain blue t-shirt? Hey, <laughs> yes, never yes. won anything. <laughs> no way. Oh, okay. So let's move on to when um let's move on to where Kate and Jin go on a little nature walk with Aldo. First of all, Aldo sucks. Okay. Like I <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna talk about Aldo for a second. Okay, good. Because all I have for notes is Aldo sucks. And then later I said Aldo Aldo still sucks. Okay. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, the actor that plays Aldo, it's Rob McElhenney from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's what that's is? Mac from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um I have a very loose connection to Rob McElhenney being in Lost. Yeah. So I don't think I told the story because we have seen him before. He does talk about it. Like the, it was, I think it was back in season three um, when he's guarding. It's the scene where Kate Sawyer and Alex go to rescue Alex's boyfriend when he's under the hypnosis and everything. Mm-hmm. The building that he's in, Aldo was the guard and Kate knocks him out. Um, he doesn't have any lines in that episode. Like he's literally just a, a man at a door. So that episode, Rob McElhenney being in lost happened because of the morning show in Philadelphia that I used to work for mm. the one that used to do the weekly chats about lost where we had like the, the premiere parties and the finale parties. Yeah. Rob is friends of that show because of always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, I've actually been in a couple episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So I've met Rob before. I've worked with Rob. Like, he's a great dude. So the show that I used to work for, so because we did all this lost stuff, the show became friends with J.J. Abrams. Rob had always mentioned in conversations he loved Lost, would love a cameo if he could do it. So the morning show that I worked for actually made the connection between J.J. and Rob McElhenney. Oh. So... The show Preston and Steve is the show is the reason why Rob McElhenney got to be that cameo in season three of Lost. That's cool. So they brought him back for this episode to give him lines this time. And the lines that they gave him, he's a dick. He is a dick. (laughs) He's a big dick. Yeah. When he gets shot, I was not sad. I was sad about the other guy because he seemed like he was reasonable. Justin, I think his name is. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I can't remember um, exactly. Hold on. I have it here. Uh, Justin. Yeah, it's it's Justin. Okay. I also think that Jen is not going to be able to walk very well for a while. 
Not with a bear trap around his his foot. Not with it off either. That foot is done for oh, a while. Yeah, but the Put island will the heal him waters. relatively quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. The healing water. Yeah. Put it in the dirty healing waters. Looks like you'll get sepsis immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after Saeed was just lying in there with an open wound. Mmm, yummy. Um, but yeah, Aldo, I like I it was great for me seeing Rob McElhenney again because I totally forgot he comes back. Yeah. Uh he will never be back again. No. Because he was killed by Claire. That's not going to heal very quickly. No. He did. <laughs> yeah. So it was, but you're right. Like he is, he is a dick. I mean, I really can't think of any other way of putting it. No. Yeah. He, it's no redeeming he, qualities. He is in total disregard. Like even Justin says, like, you can't shoot him. He might potentially be. And he's like, oh, potentially might be like, he is a candidate. Jin yeah. is a candidate. You cannot These people kill are not to be harmed. Right. They are protected. And Aldo what was he going to care. say? But what would what was going to happen when he returned having killed one of them and Justin didn't back him up? Like oh, what yeah. happened? You know what I mean? Aldo like, was in trouble either way. You're smoke monster bait at that point. Yeah. Not Locke is going to kill you. Not Locke. <laughs> I like I like that. It's like Matlock, but not not Locke. <laughs> Not luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Aldo was Aldo was the Radzinski of the others. Oh, well, we always need one, don't we? Right? The, yeah. We always needs one. <laughs> but he's already dead, so we don't have a Radzinski anymore. Yeah, so now we have the new Radzinski. Well, we no, had the we new don't Radzinski. anymore. That was it. That's what I said. We had the new right. Radzinski. Now he's gone. Now he's gone. Well, you so. know, we got we to gotta get those, those trivial... Um, Trivial in uh, what what word am I looking for? Not inconsistencies in in who cares? Let's yeah. just move on. <laughs> <laughs> What's the word? Inconveniences. Got it. Nailed it. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Ugh. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> it's like what's the word? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> what do you call him? What do you call him? What do you call him? <laughs> um, uh, I would like to turn over to Claire for a moment. Sure. Can we do that? Yeah. Um, so I just want us to all be on the same page here with Claire. Claire goes through a devastating plane crash, endures being kidnapped, tested on, and who knows what else and doesn't go into labor for weeks on the island. But she she gets one bad piece of news on the day of the crash, or on the day that the flight cra- uh, lands, and she goes into labor on the girl's doorstep. I should sure. not think about that. Sure, sure. <laughs> that makes well, what tons I, of I, sense. But what I like, too, about this whole thing with Claire is the contrast in the relationship between her and Ethan this time because Ethan on the island is a major stress for Claire. He's the one performing all these tests. It becomes very stressful. She's under a lot of like, she's under extreme circumstances, but in the flash sideways, Ethan is still the doctor performing all these tests, but it's a comfort this time around. 
Yeah. There is definitely a huge difference of dynamic between these two circumstances. I like even b- watching this episode, I re- I was watching the opening of it and I was looking at all the names popping up and I saw William Opather and I'm like, how do I know that? Like, I know that name. I know it's somebody I know. And then when we see Ethan, I'm like, oh, that's William Opather. I forgot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a huge contrast between Ethan being the performing these tests and stressing her out and causing her mental harm to this time around performing these tests and being a mental comfort. And he's saying, I don't want to stick you with needles if I don't have to. And you're like, that's hilarious. Yeah, (laughs) This is not the Ethan we know. Who are you, Dr. Goodspeed? Because I don't know you. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it was great seeing... And we're going to get more of that, like seeing all these characters that we've seen before pop back up, but in different ways and elements. Um, I kind of really enjoyed the fact of seeing Ethan this time around, knowing like, okay, he's he's going to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. He's incredibly successful. Like he's a decent guy. Well, he was still a doctor, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yes. he was still a doctor on the island. Yes, but he was kind of like he was a doctor on the island, but he was also under influence. Oh, like okay. now free of influence. He's he's got a decent he's got a great bedside manner. Like he's actually a good person. Yeah. If I didn't know him from the island, I would have been like, oh, she's safe. She's in good hands. But yeah. but because he's Ethan and we're just like, no, I mean, well, you look nice, but no. No. Well, I th- and I think that's kind of the point of that too right. is that like when Ethan walks in as her doctor, it's meant to give you a little bit of a shock value. Be like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, like it's Ethan." And then you you hear everything and it's like, "Well, like like there's your baby, he's fine. Uh, you know, he's going to be a handful. Like he yeah. has a very great bedside manner." Called her mom. Yep. Like this is a totally different Ethan and it kind of sets you at ease a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I also think that um, the the cops that came in and questioned Claire, they're like, okay, that's cool. And they left. And I'm like, I'm sort of going, you're looking for a fugitive. And she's probably the last person to have seen this fugitive. And you're like, cool, man. Peace. We're out. Yeah. I was I was waiting for that too. Like it, like even in detective shows that you watch, the last action is always, well, here's my card. If you can think of anything that might be important, give us a call. Yeah. These detectives are like, it's not important. See ya. Yeah. Like, and what? they really missed an opportunity to get Michelle Rodriguez back. Or not even Michelle Rod well, Michelle Rodriguez and Michael Cutlets were not detectives. They were patrol officers. Yeah, but it was a detective and a patrol officer with the detective. That's true. So I was just thinking it would have been fun to have seen Anna Lucia just be there. Well, we are going to see Anna Lucia this season. I know, but I'm just saying it was a missed opportunity. Just let me let me do my thing, okay? <laughs> I th- but I'm just saying, I think the only reason why we didn't see Anna Lucia is because they already had plans for Anna Lucia. <sighs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. There were, I think there were plans already in effect for Anna Lucia's character to return. So to put her in a role there would kind of be. I just like it when I see Michelle Rodriguez in anything. Why are you not watching the Fast and Furious movies? Before I said it, I knew that that was going to be (laughs) what you said in return. But I just want to say that she was killed in one of them. And then I didn't know that they brought her back until like four movies later or something. She was killed in four and back in six. 
Yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. Killed. In quotations. Kind of like Saeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> killed. Yeah. Where she was, and she wasn't killed. Or like killed. Locke, like not Locke. She was blown away from the she was blown away from the explosion and had amnesia. Oh amnesia. gosh, I mean it's 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 like a, a soap opera with cars, man. It's just that's what makes it so great. Oh shut up! You know what? We're getting <laughs> off track again. <laughs> oh, when we get off track talking about Parks and Rec, it's fine. But when we get off track talking about Fast and Furious, oh, we're getting off track. We gotta get back on track because I don't like the points you're making. <laughs> <laughs> Because the points you're making are ridiculous. Let's move. They on. are ridiculous. I say ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I say. <laughs> what are you like a, a a British podcaster now? I say. I wish. Oh, that would be so great. I um, would talk all the time if I was British. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think British people are turned on by their own accents. <laughs> I'd, no, I said I would talk all the time. Like I would just love my accent. I'd be like, "Oh, I'm so proper and wonderful." <laughs> you do and biscuits, scones, br- and curd. Uh, the queen, raspberries. Um, <laughs> apologies to anyone in the UK who might be listening to this podcast. Uh, excuse me, that was flawless. <laughs> <laughs> I do not apologize. That was flawless. <laughs> I need a second. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I apologize. That I no, it wasn't even. I apologize. Like, talking about that was flawless. <laughs> Bullshit. Okay. Sorry. I can do that too. Bullshit. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Let's go find a fucking windmill. Let's find a fucking windmill. <laughs> so, you know what? We might as well just mention this now. Um, no, let's not. Let's okay. just keep going. All right. <laughs> I knew what you were going to do. Let's just okay. keep going. All right. Okay. We'll keep going. Um, I think oh, I might gosh. be done on my notes. I know. I felt, you know, hang on. Oh, no. I did want to talk about one more thing. Okay. Okay. Um, the darkness that they talk about and how it was claimed on Claire. So the temple people know that Claire is Jack's sister, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until now that you mentioned that, that you're right. Dogen knows that Claire is Jack's sister. That's crazy information to know. Yeah. How does he know that? Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that till now. Mm-hmm. Like, how does he know that? I don't know. I mean, does he know Richard really well? Are him I, and Richard friends? I mean, he knows that they're candidates. So he knows more about these people than he leads on. So maybe that's just part of the knowledge of knowing the candidates is that some of these candidates are related. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe, but that's like, that's information that not even Claire and Jack know or knew on the island. Like Jack knows now. Jack didn't know it until after he got off the island. But that's what I'm saying. Like Jack knows it now, but he didn't know it on the island before. Claire didn't know it on the island before. Maybe Dogen has a direct connection to Jacob. 
or had a direct connection to Jacob. Then he should have known that Jacob died. Well, right. It's not a it's not a telepathic connection. Well, I mean, there had to have been some kind of contingencies in place if he if Jacob were to die. To get the word out. You would think so, especially if Jacob maybe even had the slightest inclination that he would die at some point. So is that Jacob would set up contingencies? So is that arrogance on Jacob's part or is it a miscalculation? I could I could believe it being arrogance on Jacob's part. I don't think Jacob I, I don't think Jacob I think Jacob was far from perfect. Well, yeah. But arrogant? I don't think he was arrogant. Um I don't know. I don't think he had intentional arrogance. Um I think there's a, a, uh, I want to say it might it might be more ignorance than than arrogance. Hmm. Be, in thinking that like even in the situation where he died if he did not know at that point that he that he was going to die in that moment, he was a little ignorant thinking that he was that he couldn't die. Being in the situation with him, the man in black and Ben all in that situation. Yes, he knows that the man in black cannot kill him, but he's kind of ignorant to the fact that Ben can. And that's what cost him his life. Well, what cost him his life was the fact that he ignored Ben. He well, took Ben too. for granted. That too. Or maybe so, he always knew that that was going to happen. Who knows? That's I mean, we talked about that last episode of the podcast right. is that did Jacob know that he was going to die in that moment? Right. You know, it, it's still a mystery at this point, I think. I don't think anything has been resolved or put in a clear term whether or not Jacob knew he was going to die. Mm. I think it can be I think it actually can be argued either way. It was either yeah. he was either caught off guard or he knew in that moment and just didn't fight it. Well, he didn't fight. That was the biggest thing is yeah. that bet is, is what Ben said is like he didn't fight it at all. So, I mean, it's probably well, just. Well, that's what I mean. That, that's it could be it could be argued that he knew in that moment he was going to die, which is why he didn't fight it. Or it could right. be argued that he was ignorant and didn't think about the fact that he could die in that moment and, and just kind of blew it off as if he was safe. OK. That's fair. And he didn't fight yeah. it because there was no, he didn't think it would, it could happen. That's fair. So I think, I think, it, so like I said, I wouldn't put Jacob as arrogant, but ignorant. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm excited to find out again what this darkness was. I mean, I know that Claire was different and I know that she's like really hardened and she's definitely not the Claire that we once knew. And I'm excited to kind of like get into that a little bit. Um, But at the same time, I didn't know that it was like a darkness that had overtaken her much like what we're maybe about to see in Saeed. I don't know. And maybe they're able to get it out of Claire. Who knows? I don't know. Well, here is my so here is my question that Claire brings up. And I'll I'll pose this to you because I want to know your thoughts on this. Uh Oh, we have seen over the course that certain people have been the man in black taking the form of them and the other ones have kind of been Jacob's influence. Mm. Where did we fall on Christian Shepherd? 
I don't remember. Was Christian Shepherd the man in black or was Christian Shepherd Jacob? Well, I always used to think that Christian Shepherd was Jacob, but I think that maybe he was the man in black. I would think he would have to be. It right. would mean it would so Christian Shepherd being the man in black would either so if Christian Shepherd is the man in black, then yes, this is a darkness that is in Claire because we have seen Claire with Christian Shepherd. Right. There's that right. moment in the cabin where they are together before Claire disappears for a season and a half. There, there's that moment where they we they are together in the cabin. Right, right. And she didn't want to leave because she was and totally she, fine. And she didn't want to leave. It right. means that the man in black is ha, claimed Claire at that point with this darkness infection. So okay. that puts credence to Christian Shepherd is the man in black. If the man in black or if Christian Shepherd was Jacob, then this darkness, they don't understand it because it means it's not actually evil. Mm. Because it, it would really add more mystery to whatever this infection is. Right. And the reason why Claire is because Jacob is a power of good. Right. Right. So then why is Claire becoming this way if she was with Jacob? I, I think so I, I just I, looked up the sickness on Lostpedia. Okay. And it says that the man in black infected certain residents on the island with a sickness that altered their personality. By claiming them in this manner, he recruited them as followers. The sickness manifested as a severe mental change on the part of the afflicted. In 1998, one apparent sufferer, Robert, suddenly and uncharacteristically attempted to kill his pregnant fiance, Danielle Robert. Rousseau. Robert. Robert, sorry. Yeah. Seconds after professing his love for her. Claire, post-infection, became a mentally unstable paranoid murderer and cradled a boar's skull to replace her baby. Jungle hermit Danielle acted similarly, exhibiting what appeared to be similar paranoid delusions, though she claimed to be the only expedition member to escape the sickness. Danielle personally killed all other members of her expedition and other characters wrote her off as insane. Saeed, after his infection... Do you want me to read on? Yeah, it's fine. We're, again, killed, we're spoil, spoiler yeah, for killed even more readily than usual, and he said he could no longer feel emotions. So Wait. individuals appeared to be infected on the temple grounds. Said was at the temple spring, and members of the expedition were dragged into the tunnels within the boundary of the temple. Claire's manner of infection was not shared, but it is a possibility that infection can only occur at the temple. Okay. And I'm actually doing, I, I'm doing a little research as I'm listening to you to confirmation. Uh, following the crash of Oceanic 815, the man in black took on the appearance of Christian. Okay. And began appearing to many of the survivors. So that puts to bed the argument as to who was taking the form of Christian. It, it was the man in black the entire time. So every time he appeared to Jack, appeared to Kate or Claire, it, it was the man in black. Which okay. makes a lot, which makes a lot of sense because Jacob was still alive. Like he couldn't take the form of other people because he was still in his physical form. Right. The man in black, however, has been like he, as we'll find out later this season, was actually killed. Mm -hmm. And this was this is all post death stuff for the man in black. Right. So. The cure, according to Dogen, infection is 
irreversible. Rather than trying to cure Saeed, he tried to get Jack to kill him with a poisonous pill, so it was poison. Saeed and Claire, however, both rebelled against the evil within them. And that says that the episodes that um, that deal with this subject is what Kate does, the candidate, and then the end. The, yeah, the candidate is... Oh, no, I think it's the end. Okay, I don't want to go any further. Yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to look that up real quick because we were asking so many questions and I feel like we needed a little bit of clarification there. Because the difference between Saeed and Claire being infected is towards the end of this season, Kate never, or not Claire, or not um, Kate, Claire. Um, Claire never really comes to the realization that she's infected or that there's anything wrong with her. Saeed does. Mm Mm-hmm. Saeed is very aware by the end that there is something wrong with him. Well, Saeed's probably the most self-aware of the entire cast. Or the entire, all of the characters. He is the most self-aware out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because by the end, he is very much aware that there is something wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think Kate Claire ever comes to that com- ever comes to that conclusion because it, it's still a fight to get her to leave the island in the end. You know, I don't know what, don't know what that laugh is for, but uh, because it, she's so impossible in this season that be, because I just remember her being impossible in this season. You know what's what's interesting too is that like I had. When this show first started, I had the biggest crush on Claire. Yeah. Like, she's absolutely adorable. The Australian accent, just, God, that gets me every time. So, like, I had the biggest crush on Claire, which led me to having the crush on Emily Duravin, because she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. And this season kind of takes away from it a little bit, because <laughs> yeah, she is... She's impossible. She, You're right. She is impossible. She's incredibly pig-headed. Um, she's infected by this this evil, um, this this darkness, whatever it is. Now, once upon a time, kind of brought that crush back. Well, because uh, she's wonderful. She's Belle. She's <laughs> Belle. I mean, come on. Um. So, but yeah, like I just remember this season kind of taking away a little bit of that interest because of just the way they 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 wrote the character. Yeah. For this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, she did a good job. Yes. She she, she did, did a very I, good job doing doing the character the way that she was supposed to do it. Well, yeah, she performed it the way, exactly the way it was written. Um, it makes me realize, too, I don't think we've seen Emily Duravin really do much lately. No, she hasn't. I don't think that she appeared at all in the last season. No, I mean, even since then. like Oh, oh, oh. She no, was I mean, Belle... She was Belle in Once Upon a Time, which ran for, she did a hundred and some odd episodes of that. She did a, a movie in 2019, and then she was in two episodes of a show in 2022, and that's it. Maybe she made her money, and now she's, you know, living a settled, happy, wonderful life. Yeah, maybe. I wish that for most people in Hollywood. Make your money, and then just go and live a very quiet existence on a farm. Or a piece of land. Go ride I, a tractor. Yeah, but there are some actors that kind of just love the trade and will do it until they're forced to stop or they die. 
Anthony Hopkins was the first person that came to my mind when you said that. (laughs) That's sad. (laughs) He didn't die. No, I'm saying, but he's like really old, but he's still, he's still making like really quality films. Oh God. Anthony Hopkins, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, who I think is never going to die. I don't want to think about it. Do you know I found so I found out something I know Are we all, done discussing the episode? I, I really think we are. Because okay, because I, I think we are have, too. <laughs> I don't have much anything else. But I found out something very interesting about somebody that I know. So a, a couple months ago, I had a gentleman on my Wilhelm podcast um that uh named Josh Robert Thompson, who is a comedian and does a lot of impressions. And if you've ever watched the late, late show with Craig Ferguson, he was the voice of Jeff Peterson, the robot skeleton. Um, I've been a fan of jo- of Josh's for a while and I've, and he does a killer, like, I mean, spot on Morgan Freeman impression. Really? Like he actually did a promo for my podcast as Morgan Freeman. When we're That's done awesome. recording, when we're done recording, I'll play it for you. Okay. Um, but I learned recently that Morgan Freeman was so impressed with Josh's impression that anytime Morgan Freeman films a movie and he has to go back into the studio to do ADR, which is where for anybody that doesn't know, it's where you you re-record the audio of certain lines because there might have been too much background noise or something. So they go behind a microphone and they record it. Morgan Freeman does not do his own ADR. Josh does Morgan's ADR for him. That's, that's a great yes. uh, impression. If yeah. that's, that's, that's a nice little piece of trivia. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson actually has on her show Every once in a while, the voice of God will speak, and the voice and of God Freeman. is Morgan Freeman, and it's <laughs> and it's Josh, it's Josh doing the Morgan Freeman as the voice of God, which means that Morgan Freeman can technically live forever in our hearts and ears. Yes. So I, I love when Morgan we're, Freeman when we're done, so much. When we're done, I'll play that promo for you. Yeah, please do. So, so you can hear it, and you'll hear. Can he what, do my answering machine? Answering <laughs> machine. Can he do my voicemail? <laughs> Who has an answer? Answering machine. What year is it? <laughs> two thousand six. You know, I've been watching. We watched two episodes of Yellow Jackets last night, so I'm pretty sure I'm I'm in the nineties, anyways. I guess. <laughs> I have not watched any of season two of that show. Yeah, we watched two episodes last night. I think we still have like three more to go. Uh, but yeah. So finished with the topic of discussion for the episode. Again, it was a little bit shorter of a discussion, although we got more out of it than I thought we were going to get. Do we have Steve TV? Live we steaming? have Steve. We have live steaming. Uh, yeah, so we do have a a element of feedback from our friend Steve. Yay! Um, and yeah, so we encourage you guys to leave us feedback. Easiest way to do that: just go to our website, revisitedpod.com, uh, and there you'll find where you can follow, subscribe, listen, watch, uh, and leave feedback. But uh, here we go. Let's play our feedback from Steve. Hello, Kristen and Ben. This is Steve. And for the record, I just want to state, I love you both. And I listen to every moment of the podcast. All right. (laughs) On to what Kate does. I was almost going to complain about the trauma of watching Kate of Juliet die again. But okay, they they went past it pretty quick. On the previously on, I mean. Wouldn't that be tough on your feet walking around barefoot in this temple? I forgot. This turns Sawyer bitter, doesn't it? He just talked about Saeed like 
Oh. Erst with the Midnight Cowboy. I'm walking here. Kate is doing a lot. She's now holding Claire hostage. He just dropped Claire off on the street corner. <laughs> Miles and nearly, as you can see, Hugo here has uh, assumed the leadership position. That's right. It's an others thing. They're all barefoot, aren't they? That was just the cold open. I'll try to stay brief. I love this actor that Kate has just met. I, his name has escaped me. He was on New Girl. He was in Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Rick Grimes ripped his throat out with his with his teeth. Ah. Right. What is this guy? What do you say his name is? Drogon? Drogon? Drago? <laughs> doing to Saeed? Electroshock. Okay, so that guy was the guard that Kate knocked out when they escaped three years ago. Gotcha. Oh, that had to be painful for Jack to admit that, that people got hurt helping him and he's been the blame. And gosh, maybe... Is he going to, does he, I guess he does sort of redeem himself this season, doesn't he? Remember anything about this uh, couple and with Claire's baby and what's going to happen to her. I don't get it. He came all this way to come back to his and Juliet's house. He digs up this box and then he's just going to walk away from it. Ethan. Whoa. Oh, I'm getting choked up. Josh Holloway is such a good actor. This scene with him and Kate. Oh, I just don't want to be alone. Wow. Oh, that's what was in the box. The ring he was going to give her. Oh, his name is Dogen. Hey, that's the episode of Walking Dead that that guy who cameoed and was unclaimed, right? The whole claimers thing. And now Saeed's been claimed. Uh-oh. So Claire's been claimed. Oh, Claire, this is going to get good. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I love all the... How many, how many times can you say claimed in 30 <laughs> seconds? <laughs> Go. <laughs> I just like that he started that by saying he loved us. Well, I love Steve, so that works out very perfectly. Yes, I can't. I agree with you completely. Yeah, and I look forward to I look forward to his voicemails every week. I really do. They're just like this nice little ray of sunshine. They make me happy. I laugh a lot. Oh, Dogen, <laughs> Drogon, Drogon, <laughs> Drogon. He's a dragon. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a dragon. But Sorry. thank you, Steve. Of course, yes, for another you, great Steve. feedback and for the love. Like we appreciate it. Yes, I appreciate it very much. So, so I again, appreciate it more than Ben does. Hey, <laughs> it's, it's not true. Mm, we, could we be. Pre, we appreciate it equally. You know what I say? Bullshit. Let's go find some fucking windmills. Well, that's fucking mental. Uh, <laughs> it's the Roy Kent show, everybody. The, the Roy Kent show. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so again, revisitedpod.com is where you can go to, uh, find ways to leave us feedback, which we encourage you to do, uh, recommendations for this week. I, I lost track because, um, we took that week break. I think it's mine, but I have one. I have one, week. but you go. No, I know what yours is. So go ahead and do it. No, it's not that it's something different. Oh, well, we'll, we'll both do one this week. It's a shorter okay. episode. All right. Um, I wanted to recommend, we've been watching a lot of it lately, and I'm just, I loved it so much more than I really thought that I would, um, and that's The Bad Batch. Um, it's a great show. So good. It's so good, and I'm so happy that it's still going, and that we yeah. discovered it early enough. Um, it The story is really great. The characters are fantastic. Um you know, it's a really good family show. We watch it every single night as a family, so it's really fun. And it's almost over for us, and I'm very sad because 
new episodes aren't coming until 2024, which makes me very sad. But Ahsoka is yeah. coming up, so that's okay. <laughs> Ahsoka's coming up, I think, relatively soon. August. August. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, I, I'm I'm excited because like with everything that's happening in the world of Star Wars has been great. Like all these new things. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. With the exception of the book of Boba Fett. It had its moments. Yeah, um, when uh, when Mando came in. There were usually ones where Mando came yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um it, it's it's rather unfortunate that actually one of the actors that's in Ahsoka just recently passed away. Ray Stevenson mm. passed away. Um so whatever his whoever his character is, unfortunately, we're not going to see him for a second season because uh, I still don't know who he played. But he's been in a ton of stuff, and it was it was unfortunate to see that he passed. And he was relatively young; he was fifty six. Um, so I, I don't know. The stress um, of today's world, I think, is putting us all in early graves. But I am very excited because next week, one of the people that I will be sharing the stage with is Giancarlo Esposito, who, if you're familiar with Mandalorian and such, is Moff Gideon. Um, and I already know, like, I'm starting that panel by telling him this, that, like, that man has such a, he just has a presence. Mm-hmm. He does. Him. Like, it's a weird it's a conflicting presence because it's intriguing where you want to know more about him, yeah. but it's also very intimidating. But like the way that he carries himself, at least like in, like in breaking bad, he looks like he is a salesman at Verizon wireless. Right. <laughs> but then he just starts talking and you're like, Oh yeah, you're scary as shit. Cool. It's, All right. It's, it's where it's one of those, it's, he's one of those characters where like, if you went to that chicken place in breaking bad and you asked for it, can I speak to the manager? You see him approach and you're like, Oh, I got this. And then the moment he starts talking, you're like, this might've been a mistake. This was a, this was an egregious <laughs> error. I need to go. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I'll pay you more. I got to go. Yeah. So you yeah, know, very, I'll take two of everything. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to sharing the stage with him because I think it's yeah. just going to be. I mean, but I've I've also heard he is incredibly nice. He is incredibly engaging. So I'm, I'm I'm not, I'm not nervous at all. I'm just really excited, like yeah, anxious. Excited. You should be. Oh, he's so great. He's so great. That'll be a good. That'll be so good. Yeah. I wish I was going to see it. <laughs> well, you might because I can. I think they usually record them. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. It, it might take some time for me to get because he's a main stage panel and they record main stage panels. So got it. Um, it might take some time for them to send it to me, but I'll I'll have it. Uh, my recommendation for this week. So if this is loosely based on another podcast. I don't recommend other podcasts often, but I, I do listen to a lot of them. So one of my favorite podcasts is called Smartless. Oh yeah. It is a podcast with Jason Bateman. Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. And the podcast itself is hysterical. It is three guys. One of them invites the guest. The other two have no idea who the guest is. And what comes out of it is just really great, engaging conversations because there's no prep. Everything is off the cuff. Everything. I love no prep. Our, it, our podcast has gotten better with the less amount of prep that we less do. Less notes that we take. Yeah. I, yeah. Fully believe that if you trust the person that you're podcasting with and you have a really good rapport with them, you don't need anything. I agree. I agree yeah. completely. Because um, Ben is one of my besties, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but so at, at one point, they took Smartless 
on the road and they did a tour. It was only like six cities. None of them were Philadelphia, which I was a bummer. And unfortunately, I didn't discover the podcast until this tour was already done. Mm. So hopefully they do another one. Um, HBO filmed the tour. Oh, fun. So there is a six-part series that dropped on Max. Literally the day HBO Max became Max, they dropped it on Max. Um, It is a six-part series. They're about six. They're about 45 minutes each, and each of them is the city that they went to. I watched the first two episodes last night. I already knew I was going to enjoy it because I love the podcast. Let me tell you. There's actually not a lot of podcasts in the episode because they want you to listen to the podcast. Uh, so if like an hour long podcast, there's maybe five, 10 minutes of the podcast in the uh, episode. It's all them getting to the cities, preparing for it, interacting with each other yeah. in the hotels and, and going out to eat and actually learning how to do a live show because they've never done this before. So like the first episode is them doing... Uh, Washington, D.C. So you get to see them do like a scooter tour of D.C. and visit yeah. the monuments. Um, and then they do the podcast and then they you hear them talk about how it went, what we should do, the next city that we go to. And then the second city is Boston where they did two shows where their first guest was Conan O'Brien and it went great. And then the second episode, which was a nine o'clock show, was an MIT scientist. And you can see they they show it in the documentary. There are people literally getting up and leaving <gasps> because they were not interested in this guy at all. Oh, no. But Bateman really it was Bateman's guest and he really wanted it intellectual. And you can hear right. them talking about it. Like, how did it go? What was it? And Bateman, Bateman says, like, I really wanted an intellectual. And Will Arnett's like, well, like they weren't as into it because they're, they're not a comedian. We should have had Conan for the nine o'clock show and did this guy at the early show. So it's learning. It's them actually learning how to do all this as they yeah. go, which is great seeing three veteran actors like this actually learn something new right as they're going but at the same time the these the interaction between the three of these i i'm telling you kristen there were points i could not breathe yeah because i I was laughing that hard that's one of the podcasts that you know i've always wanted to get started but i just you know it was kind of like what was it um armchair expert i got super into armchair expert for a really long time um, and I just know that I'll go like to the bad place and I'll just like, just, what do you call it? Binge all of their content. So maybe yeah. the, maybe the TV show will be good. Watch, Watch that. I, I think, uh, cause yeah. I love I mean, Jason I, Bateman anyways. He, the, I'm telling you the interaction between the three of them is it's hysterical because you can tell they've been friends for a very long time. Yeah. They, the, I mean, I'll just, and there's so many things that are so nonchalant. And you could tell this was in the height of post-COVID mm-hmm. because everybody in the audience is wearing masks. Everywhere they go in the hotel, they're wearing masks and everything. There's there's one I'll, there's one moment where they're – it was in the second episode where they – it was the beginning of the episode. They were getting ready to go to the gym together. And as they're walking into the gym area, Will Arnett says, where's the men's locker room? And they point him to down a hallway and then Bateman and Sean Hayes are like, well, where's the gym? And they point him down another hallway. And they're like, well, why is Will going to the going to the locker room? And Bateman's like, well, why do you think? It's to take a shit. <laughs> so like they get to the doorway of the gym and the door doesn't open because you need your room card to open it. Yeah. So it's it's Bateman, 
Sean Hayes and their and I think it was Bateman's wife actually. They're using their room card and the door will not open. It's so for like two minutes, it's them just trying to get the door open until you see Will Arnett just walk on the other side of the door, walk <laughs> past on the other side of the door. <laughs> it's it's so quick, but it's just it's so damn funny. Like I'm I will probably be watching more episodes of that as I'm editing this. That's awesome. So that's awesome. It's called Smartless on the Road. It's it's six episodes, forty five minute long episodes. It's on HBO Ma- or Max now. Um, I wish that Will Arnett would have um, Jason Bateman or Sean Hayes on Lego Masters because I love Lego Masters. <laughs> so Will Arnett is perfect as the Lego Will, Master guy. He he is. So I don't know if you've ever seen his show on Netflix called Murderville. No. Okay. There's Will too Arnett, many shows, Ben. I know. Will Arnett, but I think you'd like this one. Will Arnett does a show on Netflix called Murderville. I think it was only like six episodes. And the premise of the show is that he is a detective trying to solve a murder every episode. Everybody in the show is an actor except the guest who comes on to help him solve the murder. <laughs> and he has had like um, like Sharon Stone... Um, oh, what's her name from Shits Creek? The daughter from Shits Creek. Uh, um, la 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 Alexis. Yeah, but I forget the the actress's name. She's she's Alexis. been on it. Alexis um, Rose. And it's hysterical because it's it's scripted. I think I've for heard of this. So they did a Christmas episode this past year where Bateman was the guest that came on. So Bateman was the guy that didn't know what was happening. He didn't know the dialogue. And Maya Rudolph was also one of the guests. And the whole thing was, it was called, it was called Murderville who killed Santa Claus. (laughs) It's about somebody murders Santa with a sharpened candy cane. Why, why not? Sure. Okay. At at one point (laughs) in the episode, while Santa's lying on the ground, Bateman's looking for clues and he peer, he, he pulls the beard down and Santa is Sean Hayes. <laughs> so you can hear it audibly. The moment he pulls the beard down, Jason Bateman's like, Jesus, you pulled Sean Hayes into this. <laughs> and the whole time he's like looking for clues, like patting Santa down. Sean Hayes can't keep it together. He's cracking up. He's supposed to be dead, but he is cracking up the whole time. <laughs> It's just, it's so damn funny. Oh, I love joy. I love but joy. All right. Sm- I'm going to watch it now. Yeah. Smartless on the road. If you're interested in the podcast or even just want to laugh at like these three guys together, it's, I, I can't recommend it enough. I'm going to, all right. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to continue watching it. it today. So, um, any final notes before we wrap this up? Um, we chose our, we chose our next show. We did. Should we reveal it or should we just kind let's of wait, wait until we yeah, get let's closer? Wait. Let's wait. We'll wait a couple of weeks until we get closer. Well, it is chosen and it is firm. It is chosen and it's firm as of today. As <laughs> like, of today. It literally just came up today and we're like, yeah, that's what we're doing. And it was like a thousand percent. Like yeah. the moment <laughs> there's no up, other choice. At the moment we can't, we, we mentioned it. We're like, yeah, we got to do this. Yeah. Because I know that there are other people who have wanted the podcast on this. Well, okay. And that's all we're going to say. Ben. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention the show. <laughs> we are shifting gears a little bit. 
which, which you know will be nice yeah it'll be fun we're gonna cover reality television big brother <laughs> all 30 seasons real housewives of miami oh god kill me now yeah let's cover survivor all mm. 21 seasons no I 42 this, seasons i watched the second season and the second season only it was real good and i felt completed like i don't need to watch anymore i've watched all 42 seasons of course you have. I've auditioned for the show three times. <laughs> I made it to the top 100 the third time I auditioned. Well, I audition was a, again. I was a. I was told by CBS to audition again. We they told me I was an do the Amazing Race. Ooh, that would be fun. I've always wanted to do the Amazing Race. I would do the Amazing Race with you. Oh, we'd have such a good time. We would. We would actively hate each other half the time, but we'd be laughing the whole time, so it would be fine. Uh, they might have to get clearance on some of the references. When you're probably the, you're probably the only friend that I could probably get through it without losing a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they might have to either like cut our conversations or get permissions to use references that we will use constantly. We'll get no airtime or all the airtime. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this season is costing us a fortune in friends residuals. Well, you know, then and then Parks have and Rec NBC residuals. do it. Oh, Parks and Rec, we love you so much. All right, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. Um, ben and Kristen as, do the Amazing Race. <laughs> we got uh, we got to try it now. Yeah, I'm, do they I'm still not, do that show? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's still on. Now we got to try it. Now we really got to try it. That'd be fun. Uh, thank you as always for listening, for watching, for however it is you <clears throat> you digest our podcast. Um. But just thank you for being a part of the family. Again, it's been fun. Next show is, uh, next episode, rather, is... The Substitute. That's it. And it is a John Locke. Not Locke. No, it is a not... No, it's John Locke. Locke slash not Locke? It's Locke sideways. But also not Locke. And also not Locke, yes. That's what I'm saying. It is a Locke, not Locke episode. <laughs> <laughs> You can stay and not stay. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you. Uh, so yeah, next episode, The Substitute. But until then, we'll see you guys further on down the rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>